When confronted, the man proceeded to chop the porch's posts with a small axe, while exclaiming, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust on your head. Wait, oh, oh, that was not... That was not the quote. Hold on. My mouth is a gape. Hello. Hello. Kingsley's being up to no good in the kitchen. Yeah. We had to put flea medicine on him today and he's not very happy. And I accidentally hit him in the head with a shoe, which he's also not very happy about. Oh yeah, Tracy was going hog wild up in here. <laughs> Threw off her, started throwing off her shoes, listened to that awesome music, and then, like she said, foot loose a little bit too hard and then hit Kingsley. <laughs> oh man, he even hit under the bed. I felt so bad. I, um, I fed him like probably way too many treats <laughs> anything for him to understand you're sorry i kept saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> i don't know what he's doing over there he's like hopping around on our counters and stuff normally like he doesn't look there's no food to get into peanut butter cookies ah you might he smell those. those he maybe he smells those i made peanut butter cookies this morning they are excellent let me tell you Sorry, yeah, we didn't bring some... enough to share with everybody. Yeah, sorry. I think um, John's going to eat them all on his own. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to gorge like that. Yeah. Good. Ugh, we just turned the fan off and it's already hot in here. Yeah. Well, we couldn't have the fan noise in the background. Mm-hmm. The things we do for love. <laughs> well, we're back. Oh, man. So do you want to just hop right into this one? I don't know. We don't have really too much to intro with, do we? I mean, we can uh, approach why we haven't posted in forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd probably be good to explain. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, after finals were done, I was like, yay, hey, now I can just devote all my time to this podcast. And then, like, I got Mortal Kombat 11 and all of that uh, post-college um, session, un no motivation kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So basically, um, for two weeks, John has just lived on our futon, playing Mortal Kombat and doing nothing else. It's a good game. I've been playing Pokemon. Yeah. You know what? Pokemon's a whole interesting issue when it comes to mythology and folklore, let me tell you. So many Pokemon are based off of folklore. Is that what you're doing right now? Pokemon no. folklore? Oh. That would have been a great segue, though. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Like if I was going to talk about the uh, lion dogs from China and how Growlithe is, a is a, like that. But nope, not today. Future episode? Future episode. Um, well, what do you have today, John? Well, I guess I might start with my uh, patented intro story. Trademark. Mm. All right. You were sentenced to death. But you know as much as anybody that in Haiti, death was not the end of your punishment. You're brought to a dark room, only lit, in, only lit in by torchlight. You hear drums starting to beat, almost as hard and intense as your own heart. Chanting is the next to begin. The bokor appears in front of your chains and begins. Try as you might, you can't break what bonds... Uh, you can't break what bonds... Um, oh wow, that's a big typo. You can't break your bonds. As the bokor dumps dust upon your head and blows a cloud of it into your face, you feel, at first, nothing, but then poison takes effect. Your vision blurs as the ceremony continues. 
When you awake, you have no memory of who you are. You do not panic as if you are now incapable. You hear a voice and you cannot fully understand what they're saying, but you understand what you must do. Children are brought before you, uh, or what used to be you, and are instructed by, by uh, their parents that this is what will happen to them if you ever commit the most heinous of crimes. Tonight, I will be covering the zombie from Voodoo Tradition. Whoa. If you're not already aware, zombies from films today are almost nothing like their origins. The only thing that is kept from the Haitian zombie is that the person has no control over their own body. In modern times, a zombie is a corpse, uh, sometimes fresh, sometimes rotted to the bone. Uh, this is not just seen in regular zombie films, but also in Game of Thrones, there's a character who's turned into a more accurate depiction of a zombie. Who is that? Uh, I, that'd be spoilers, Bob. Uh, Cersei is... The series is done now. Yeah, but I mean... Okay, skip ahead a minute if you don't want spoilers. Uh, I will, like, say when spoilers are done, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> if this is a YouTube Just skip video. skip ahead a minute. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's the mountain. Oh. Yeah, the mountain. Oh, he is a more traditional depiction of a zombie. Um, originally back in the colonial era of the of Haiti, a zombie was not a corpse, but it was just a soulless body in control of a voodoo priest or pre a priestess titled the Boku or a Caplata. Sorry for my terrible pronunciation if that's an issue. They are the ones that create the zombies. Um, zombies are often seen covering their faces because they don't want people to see them. And instead of uh, the, their cousins in, uh, of the Hollywood cinema, they are not feral creatures, but are pretty docile. Mm. And now we're on cultural origins. The slaves that were brought into Haiti believed that when they died, the god uh, Boron Samidi uh, would bring them to paradise. But if one were to offend him, then they would walk forever as, on the earth as a zombie. This changes throughout the years as slaves and uh, as they were being slaves in Haiti. The creation of the voodoo religion caused uh, fear to grow amongst the slave owners. It, it was because of their rituals and violent practices, such as sacrificing chickens and pigs. It became heavily punished. Even death was involved if, the, if it called for it by the slave owner. Uh, this need to practice in hiding gave birth to the more modern understanding of what a zombie is. Uh, voodoo practitioners, and especially those plotting against their masters, would take any fellow slaves who would attempt to snitch on them and turn them into a zombie, so they continue, so they could continue working the fields while also not being a threat to them. This is the uh, that's because if a if a slave were to just randomly go missing, a uh, master might become suspicious. Yeah. Um. Now, a long time later, who religion believes zombifying people to be a horrible act. In fact, it is officially illegal in Haiti to create zombies. And unlike what Western media would have you believe, they believe casting curses of any sort to be beneath them. Actually, they hate how the U.S. depict represents voodoo religion as these accursed witch doctors for, uh, flinging curses like they're snowballs. Mm. Though there is a secret society of Bokura in Haiti that still practice the forbidden arts of voodoo magic. Um, before I continue, I'm going to talk a little bit more of the voodoo religion so we can get more an, yeah, a better understanding. They are monotheists. They believe that there's only one god, but they also believe that they are surrounded by spirits of all kinds, and practicing voodoo magic is communing with the spirits to get to different ends. 
Uh, so do they like worship a specific god or? It's probably just like God, you know. Oh, it's just God? It's just like the creator God that many okay. religions kind of like most monotheisms believe in. Yeah. Um, this segues into the lore section because to make a zombie, it is to vacate a body of its soul. Or actually, um, that's not quite tr accurate. But uh, this creates a zombie astral which is the part of the soul that becomes disconnected from the body. I say part because in voodoo, the soul is made of two parts, the flesh and the spirit. And if these are separated, both sides are lost. They have no idea who they are, and they are basically incomplete. That's what the zombie and the zombie astral are. These astrals can be devoured by a bokor to enhance their own power or to be bottled to make a charm they can sell to people to increase their luck, fertility, um, any number of things, the, whatever the bokor desi the desires the charm to become. Mm. The zombies themselves are slaves, essentially. They have no free will. And But an aspect I would like to touch on is zombies are not seen as scary or dangerous. They're seen as victims of mm. uh, evil black magic. And the scary part is the possibility of becoming one. It's just... Um, I want, I want to think of a different mythology that people are more aware of, of this kind of thing, where it's like, it's not so much like the thing itself that is scary, but it's it being turned into one that's more scary. Mm. I can't really think of anything in Western culture that really touches on that, as if Haiti isn't in Western culture, but I'm, I'm following college uh, ideas of what Western means. Yeah. <laughs> at, uh, so at this point, I'm going to cover why. Like, why are zombies such a cultural phenomenon in Haiti? Um, particularly of the uh, voodoo followers in Haiti. It is not a question whether or not zombies exist. It is a fact. It is ingrained in them as angels and demons are for Christians. It's not like uh, people just, like, uh, even though they may not see zombies very often, they believe that's because it's outlawed and that it's an evil act. That's why they don't see it often. Mm. Not because they're not real. Uh... One explanation as to how people have made these people zombies uh, is that drugs made of multiple insects, plants, human bones, and a puffer fish are used to put a person to the brink of death without actually killing them, to the point where no physician can, still, like, can tell they're still alive. Oh. Yeah. No, seriously. There's actually a few, like, this is actually pretty common, especially in the uh, 1800s and stuff, like... Um, in Haiti especially, but also in Japan because of the puffer fish. Mm -hmm. It has such a lethal toxin that there has been multiple parts of where uh, people have been buried alive. They actually, if someone has died due to puffer fish poisoning, they actually let the corpse be for a few days wow. before putting them down. Putting I, them down? I, I mean in the earth. <laughs> in the earth. And, you know, there's obviously, there's other reasons why this is an, like, you can remember if anyone's ever seen The Nun or actually have an understanding of uh, Victorian or uh, before of uh, graves and stuff. They always have those bells with the strings attached to them in case somebody's still alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another explanation is that they use a, a, um, a, con like a controlled amount of psychoactive drugs to keep a person in a trance as a zombie. This combined with the psychological effect of truly believing zombies are real, which is like the Wendigo psychosis I touched on in the first episode, this will help them believe that they are in fact a zombie. Or, you know, you could just not be boring and believe the fact that the ritual actually rips their spirit out of their body. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when it comes to stories, there's a couple interesting things. Like uh, there's this one instance in the 1980s where a guy who was uh, announced dead, uh, I think 13 years earlier, came back to his sister and after explaining some things that only he would know to his sister, would she believe that it was actually him. Official, on official record, he is the, uh, first, the only officially declared zombie to exist. Because the, what happened to him by his uh, words is that after he was buried, he woke up in his coffin mm -hmm. and a bokur uh, unearthed him and made him into his zombie slave. Only after the bokur passed away did he regain his memories and stuff and came back home. What? Yeah. And this is like legit? Yeah, this is legit. You can so he was pronounced dead. Mm -hmm. And he's actually officially known as a zombie in Haiti. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and like, that's like, that's a literal thing that happened. Um, there's other stories, too, of this kind of scenario happening, but long before, like, fingerprints were real and stuff. And it's these those ideas of, like, the sister who became a zombie that came back home after 20 years of being thought dead. Yeah. And stuff like that. I mentioned Game of Thrones before as a piece of media that includes a zombie, but other films, especially earlier ones, like uh, White Zombie and Captain, or The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, show some pretty accurate depictions of what a zombie is like. Um, except for in The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, the zombie was able to kill people. I don't think zombies are really capable of that kind of thing, but I guess there's no reason to believe they're not because they don't actually have anything about not wanting to hurt uh, people if they're ordered to. Yeah. Um, the white zombie is one of the uh, earliest uses of the zombie in media. And actually, there are many pulp films made throughout the 30s and 60s, really up until Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Uh, there was just a like an un, like there's an unlimited amount of these things. There's just a bunch of pulp horror, like you know. Did you say the white zombie? Yeah, white zombie. As in, like, um, the color white zombie. Oh. Um, it's also a band uh, that was based off white of the same zombie. topic by uh, Rob Zombie himself. So not White Walkers. Not White Walkers. No. <laughs> this is Voodoo Zombie. I'm talking okay, about. Okay. This one's actually more voodoo zombie than a lot of the other pulp films that came out mm. around this time. Like, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is shakily, I would say, as a uh, zombie film. Mainly because, like, I don't know if, like, uh, the zombie was a known concept. And I also forget if the creature in the cabinet is actually, like, a uh, was a human or not. <laughs> I forget that part. I've never seen that movie, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, dude, it's a good one. It's a <laughs> great German expressionist film. And... The main reason why we actually had this boom of like these uh, pulp horror zombie films is that uh, because after the neo-colonialist crippling of Haiti by France, which like I don't know if you're familiar with ha what happened to Haiti from France, but basically they said your revolution caused us to lose a ton of money. So now you owe us a ton of money. I heard about that. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, while I'm still on that topic, the voodoo religion is actually one of the main uh, causes of the Haitian Revolution. It was mm. because of, the, like, they were actually all centered around, like, all the people were kind of gathered by the voodoo religion, and that's why, when they kind of revolted, they were able to gather to that one cause. Mm. Um, 
like uh like i said there was a lot of and there was actually a secret society on that on haiti back then where a bunch of escaped slaves would just go live in the mountains and practice their voodoo traditions and uh safety and secrecy wasn't there a name for groups of people that did I, that i'm not sure i took a class not that long ago and they were talking about it but there's like I think there's a specific name for um slaves that go um run away and like kind of form their own like civilizations like self sufficient. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, there's a word for it. Um, there's also like I there's actually a name for that secret Bakur society, but I didn't want to rewatch the documentary I got it from to get the name, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't find it on Google search. So, <laughs> uh, sorry guys. Um, you should check out Vice's. I think it was Vice. Uh. The and you can find it on a quick YouTube search of the uh, um, not inspection of uh, the voodoo zombie, but it, it's a it's a simile to um, inspection, like the in, um, the investigation. I think that's it. The mm -hmm. investigation of voodoo of the voodoo zombie. It's a really great uh, six part series documentary. I definitely recommend it. So um, we were just recently rewatching American Horse horror story coven not that long ago right so yeah. the one guy with the bull head would he be considered like a zombie i would say yes but it's also like it's pretty shaky it really goes from like instance to instance where like zombies are dead people mm. for the most part zombies aren't well i mean in the literal sense like yes it's a zombie because it's a person that's being controlled by a by a priestess yeah yeah so but in the sense of that how accurate is it is like um well like i said before a lot of voodoo uh practitioners today really hate how western uh civilizations uh just um represent their culture yeah and that includes american horror story they don't like the voodoo mm -hmm. queen um and because she's like this hostile and like the term black magic is kind of a racist term like it's not just because like it's because like the turn like the reason why westerners are so scared of voodoo tradition is because it's like a culture shock you know mm -hmm. and it's like the slave owners themselves saw it as black magic they saw it as evil magic yeah and it wasn't the other way around like i'm not gonna pretend to say that if i went to haiti right now and saw some voodoo practitioner like uh some voodoo pra like uh rituals where they literally like got a pig or something i'm not gonna flinch or think it's wrong but it's also like the idea that we're calling it black magic is like it's a way of like just discrimination, you know? I mean, we have slaughterhouses in the US. Yes, absolutely. And we kill probably lots more pigs than they do. Mm -hmm. And honestly, probably in worse ways. Mm -hmm. Like at least that pig's life was probably good up until that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's like um, when, like, say, Cortez first came to the um, the Americas and stuff and met the Aztecs. They were like, oh, my God, they're so terrible because they were doing human sacrifice. But, like, um, they, 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 like, saw life as so precious that that was, like, the ultimate sacrifice. Like, they didn't just, like, kill for no reason. They even had this giant thing called, like, the Rose Wars where they would, like, take people captive. And that was like, the goal wasn't to kill, it was to bring back captives so they could be ritually sacrificed or become priests. And it's also like, it's like, um, whenever I hear like the colonialist argument of like bringing, like, uh, bringing civilization to savages, quote unquote, on savages, because, yes. you know, that's, that's yikes. It's like, 
they don't see the it's like literally call, the pot calling the kettle black like did they practice ritual sacrifice yes but cortez uh, needed to practice ritual bathing like at least <laughs> they didn't take baths <laughs> like uh, <laughs> but they're it, like wow they're so um cortez's people came over and like um they're like wow those people don't wear any clothes how uncivilized but they're like sweating up a storm and haven't bathed and probably smelt terrible mm -hmm. i mean if you ask me what sounds worse would it be people virtually sacrificing in the value of a of a religion or value of a like of higher cause versus slaughtering thousands just for some land and uh, economic improvement yeah, I would definitely like somehow that's okay. Yeah, sometimes but... somehow raping and pillaging is a perfectly good sacrifice to improve your your country's economy. But when somebody does it for a higher being that they believe in, yeah, it's suddenly like, wrong. Wow, that's just terrible. How evil. <laughs> right. Like what? <laughs> it's just double standards. See, I don't mm. think anybody should die, but Right, but it's like it's definitely a uh, like gonna... it's a pot calling the kettle black like yeah, I said. I mean, I'm just saying It's hypocritical. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. It's very hypocritical. What was I saying right before we got on the oh, Cortez? I don't know. Um, colonialism. Uh, About um, them not liking how we depict their culture. Right, right. And it's like, like voodoo religion has a lot to do with spirits and stuff. And it's very like, like us. Like, uh, spiritual in the sense mm -hmm. of, like, where it's, like, it's not about churches. It's not about uh, communities that you're a part of. It's a very solo thing. And it's like, yeah, there are communities, obviously, of voodoo religion that do, uh, like, uh, rituals together and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like the term, like, using black magic and stuff is, like, an offensive term. Like, yeah. it's harmful, really, because... Um, and, like, another thing is that Haiti seems so brutal to Western audiences and Western people. But you also got to understand, like I was talking about right here, the neocolonial, like, crippling done by the France, basically... They, the Haiti, France. The French. It's literally made Haiti the poorest country on the Western Hemisphere. That's why, like, when that hurricane hit them, they couldn't rebound for years. They couldn't go back to where they were. <laughs> God, I hate colonialism. Um, sorry, colonial rants about colonialism. Uh, I'm gonna only talk it, about that one more time. It has to do time. with zombies. Right, it does. In actually. the long run. Um, the like I just was talking about the neocolonialist crippling. The U.S. occupation of Haiti is actually a more direct uh, thing. I should have Googled why that U.S. occupation happened. I'm sorry. Probably because um, it uh, was post-revolution and they were like, we need to get a handle on these savages. Ugh. Right. Fucking white people. Um, <laughs> but uh, many Europeans and U.S. citizens were able to travel there no issue during the occupation and the colonialist like. Haiti is now seen as a good tourist spot as long as uh, every Caribbean island is. Mm, yeah. Well, that's like with um, my family's from Puerto Rico and it's like um, everyone loves to vacation there. But when it came to the hurricane and actually like, you know, helping out, everyone's like. Right. And it's like this gave them a major culture shock to all those people. And then they started making these uh, bread of series of pulp novels where we would see the seeds where the voodoo bloomed, like the voodoo uh, culture bloomed in, in like our black magic, like Hollywood movies for the next, um, I would say 40, 50 years mm -hmm. up until the Romero movies came out. After the Night of the Living Dead, despite no characters actually referring to the dead as zombies, the closest thing being ghouls, which 
ghouls are in um, a Middle Eastern undead, like, vampire-like corpse. Future episode? Future episode. <laughs> um, they never referred to the dead as zombies. The name was uh, given to them by the fans. Oh. This became, uh, and then ever since then, the name has become synonymous with The Walking Dead. Mm. Not the show, the uh, Night of Living Dead and all that, and the yeah, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, and literally Walking Dead zombies. And then Running Dead later on. That's scary. <laughs> running Dead? Running Dead. Yeah, you know, it fucked The Walking Sprinting Dead. Hit me up with the spinoff show. Lightly the jogging running, dead. The, the lightly jogging dead. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good episode title. Since the introduction of The Walking Dead zombie. They all just wear, like, Fitbits. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I gotta waste these flesh this calories. This is Santa Clarita diet. We're literally describing that. <laughs> She's more of a revenant. Um, future episode. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Revenants don't eat flesh, but they're an interesting creature too. I might cover them. I might just do a uh, maybe this October if I am if we're into it. I'll do like a Living Dead month, or what, where I'll just do like uh, undead creatures nonstop. Yeah. Zombie isn't technically undead; only some of them are because um, I, I have seen depictions of like them literally raising the dead, but most of them are just humans with their souls ripped or spirits ripped out, mm. where they're they're still alive essentially, but they're just not a person anymore they're more like a golem past oh. episode <laughs> if you aren't listening you better go back <laughs> um so after like uh after the walking dead zombie there's only been very few occurrences of the zomb the voodoo zombie coming back but and uh like they they appeared in some black exploitation films which ones um for instance, they're not very many, but it was definitely a little like a gimmick they were going for. Oh. Give me one second. We'll edit this out. Uh, Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. And then obviously there was the voodoo priest and um, Princess and the Frog as the main villain. I haven't seen that movie. I haven't either. I just know it's a voodoo priest. I kind of want to watch that. Yeah. It was like the last like 2D animated Disney film. True. I'm sure it's okay. It's probably decent. Mm -hmm. At the at the most. Right. Like um. <laughs> right. Like I mean, it's Disney, so it can't be terrible. Um, I beg to differ. Only like 1980s Disney movies flopped, and they weren't even that bad. Mm. Black Cauldron has a cult following. Um, I'll call her back later. <laughs> you know, Bella Lugosi, um, he, I think it was his uh, first role, if not, correct me, of uh, in White Zombie. But he did, uh, he did other films too, like The Voodoo Man in 1944. Uh, yeah, no, there's definitely some other films from the 90s and 80s, but every time I looked up one to see if it's good, like that's kind of the thing is I'm looking up like not just whether or not it's a voodoo movie, but is it a good representation of voodoo? Is it a good movie so I can recommend it to you guys? No. <laughs> There's none because they're all I'm cheesy cult, like pulp movies. Um, Unsurprising. So if you want to know about the first European work that blew up that, it was, that it inspired White Zombie, which is, I think, the first major uh, film made about the zombie, I might be wrong. Dr. Cal uh, Caligari came out before then. 
but I don't think they were really strictly uh, influenced by voodoo like uh, um, White Zombie. This book is called The Magic Island by William Seabrook. It was uh, about his travels there, and I think it was during the U.S. occupation. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I got. Wow. Well, that was interesting. Mm hmm. I never knew that um, zombies were from Haiti before. Really? Nope. Oh, yeah. No, they, and they're not even, they don't even like flesh that much. We learn more Ooh. every day. Um, something else I should bring up that I didn't write in my notes because I was like, at first I was like, like I was thinking in my head, I was like, do I really want to say this? Because it'll definitely de like do a negative depiction of voodoo culture. But I'm like, you know what? It's creepy. And plus, we already stated all the reasons why you shouldn't really hate or like think it's like bad in, uh, internally. Um, intrinsically. They have uh, baby coffins in the middle of their ritual rooms when they do voodoo, like uh, zombie magic. And they use infant bones. Oh. Yeah. Yikes, erroneous. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. a little weird. Mm hmm. Well, I guess. Um... Well, we'll be right on to the next story then. Yay. Yay. Anyways. Oh, before we move on. Oh, oh, okay. I, I, this is the third time I've said that word, I think. Oh my God. Um, I wanted to ask you, is like, you mentioned, yeah, yeah. uh, American Horror Story, but can you think of any other, like, uh, like, I won't just settle for zombies, but any voodoo story movies that you can think of? Not, maybe not recommend, but think of voodoo specifically yeah um this isn't a movie or book but or i mean it, it's not a movie but it's a book um it's called the wide sargasso sea and it's a basically a fanfic of um of um jane eyre that <laughs> someone wrote but um it is told from the perspective of the wife trapped in the attic and um so basically she was from the caribbean and um the person who had raised her was basically like someone who practiced voodoo, but um, it was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good book. I recommend it. I had to read it for um, one of my courses in modern literature. You know, it's really interesting. Like the term fanfic is so looked down as like a literature like meme today. Uh, no, I had to write read it for my um university class. So. Mm, but, but it's it was like a fanfic. <laughs> like before, like there's so many fanfics written about H.P. Lovecraft that's accepted into the Lovecraftian universe, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's like, well, fanfics have always really been a thing. There's some really good fanfics out there. Mm. I can guarantee you, if you just changed up a couple of names, you'd have a good novel on your hands. Or you can have Fifty Shades of Grey. Did you know you that was a Twilight fanfic? Yes, I knew. <laughs> I knew course. you. I was mainly saying that to I'm the audience. I'm an intellectual. I know. <laughs> so on to my, um, the next edition into my series of anthropomorphic men in um, urban legends. I am talking about, um, do you just want to take a wild guess as to what I'm talking about this episode? You, I don't think you're going to guess it, but I just want to hear your Can guesses. I, uh, it's an animal, right? Kind of. Kind of. Hmm. Not really. Oh, is it a dragon man? No. Is it a snake man? It's really out of left field. All right, give me one more. Is it a, a phoenix person? No. <laughs> it is um, the bunny man. <laughs> Bunnies are an animal. I. You asked if it was an animal like thing. Not the morphic oh, creature itself. I meant like. Okay, it, yeah, yeah. All right. It's he's not an like 
I'll just, I'll explain it later on. You'll understand more later. So basically, the legend of the bunny man comes from the bunny man bridge. Oh, I know this. Do you? Yeah, I know about the bunny man bridge. Oh, God, it's been forever since I read about it. I didn't know it was real. It's real. Oh, yeah. I looked up um, urban legends based on real events or like actual stuff. And this is one of the ones that came up. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so. I'm like leaning away from the microphone. Probably shouldn't be doing that. You've got a loud mouth, so I'm sure we can still hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, um, so the Bunny Man Bridge is a railway overpass in the Washington, D.C. area, if any of you live in Maryland. Um, officially, it's the uh, um, Colchester Overpass near Clifton, Virginia. Um, and so it's like, um, I don't know, this is probably... Um, useless information. I don't know if we have any people that live in Virginia or Maryland listening, but um, it's a bridge on the um, Southern Railway, is what this says. I don't know. And consists of a one-lane tunnel that's um, been the center of urban lore since the 1970s. So fairly recent urban legend. So the legend is that in 1904, which is a long time before the 1970s, um, a legend holds that in 1904, a bus crashed when transferring patients from an asylum in Fairfax County, Virginia. The patients escaped, and all but one were eventually recaptured. Shortly after the bus breakdown, dead bunnies started appearing around the area, many hanging from the Fairfax Station Bridge. So there's a lot of different variations of this legend, as, um, you know, it's not... I'll get into it more later, why there's so many different versions, but, um, so one of the, um, legends involves, um, the prison bus that broke down or whatever, and, um, most were caught except two in this story, Marcus A. Walster and Douglas J. Griffin, who remained at large. A search through the woods turned up half-eaten, dismembered rabbits that finally led to Walster's body by the Fairfax Station Bridge. From then on, Griffin was known as the Bunny Man. And then um, in another version of the story, Griffin didn't disappear to never be seen again. After the body of Marcus Walster was found, the police started a search for the other missing escapee. They went to the train tracks near the bridge and quickly came across Griffin, hiding out where the asylum bus had supposedly crashed. Um, the police were chasing Griffin down the tracks when they heard the sound of an oncoming train. Griffin, instead of moving away from the tracks, like the police, let out a devilish laugh before jumping in front of the train. The police assumed he was killed, but the body was never recovered. The version makes the bridge the final resting place of the bunny man. Wild. And then in another version... <laughs> but, um... In other versions, um, the lore includes children hanging from the bridge... A, ho a homeless man dressed like um like a bunny, someone dressed in clothes made from rabbit pelts, um, and a man that lived near the bridge who didn't like children, so he would kill them and hang them from the bridge. Damn. Yeah. You know, that one probably is more like one of those urban legends told the to kids so they don't walk out at night alone. Yeah. Well, that doesn't stop children. Oh, Oh my god, I forgot oh, one of my no. main points. Uh, I'll touch on after you're done. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Where was I? Legend says that if you walk all the way down the tunnel at around midnight, 
the bunny man will grab you and hang you from the entrance of the bridge. This story has made the bridge a popular place for teenagers to dare each other to walk to the end of the bridge, especially around Halloween night. It's become so popular that police camp out around the bridge on Halloween night to make sure people stay off of the tracks to avoid people being hurt as the tracks are still in use today. Makes sense. Yeah. So apparently um, it's, it's a big thing like to go there. And um, they they do like roadblocks and stuff. I was watching a video of this um, cop doing um, an interview from around there. And he's like, they put up roadblocks so people can't like park their cars anywhere near the bridge on Halloween night. And um, they have to go through the forest to make sure no one's like lurking around in the woods by the railroad, by the railroad tracks and stuff. It's just wild. Mm. But um, yeah, so you're probably wondering where did this lore come from? Where did this lore come from? Where did this lore come from? If this happened in 1904, why did it not become popular until the 70s? Is what we're all wondering. Well, a review of historical records tells us that there was never an insane asylum in Fairfax County, nor was there any proof that Walster or Griffin ever existed. (laughs) However, there are some accounts from the early 70s that may have been the catalyst in creating the myth. Dun, dun, dun. Nice. <laughs> One night in October of 1970, Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett was driving with his fiance in Northern Virginia. The pair stopped on the... Sorry, I have an actual address written down and I just forgot how to read. <laughs> On the five, ah, 5400 block of Guinea Road in Fairfax. If any of you live near there. I stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how to read English. Um, so basically this was a road near the guy's uncle's house. And they were sitting in the car when things started to get weird. We just started watching X-Files. Yeah. Oh my god, I still hear that guy on the motorcycle somewhere down there. Oh my god. He's making his rounds about. It's <laughs> a roundabout. Nice. <laughs> so, a man dressed in white, supposedly with bunny ears, approached out of the darkness. He began to scream at the couple that they were on private property and that he was going to report them to the police, and that he'd gotten their license plate number. This would have been merely off-putting, except for what he did next. (laughs) All at once, the man hurled a hatchet right through the windshield of the car, (laughs) nearly hitting the pair. As you might guess, they quickly sped off to the police station. They were fine. Hatchet still in the car. Free hatchet. Just enlarged into the windshield. Jesus, this mad lad said, I'm going to call the cops. And that did exactly what cops don't like. (laughs) Oh, man. What a madman. Mad lad. That mad lad bunny man. (laughs) I guess you could say he was um, harebrained. Hopping crazy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Hopping mad. So, 
Bennett recalls helping pull bits of broken glass out of his date's hair as they explained to the police what had happened. The police later began looking for a man in a bunny outfit. <laughs> he was a guy in a bunny suit. I don't know. Um, what time? Was, like, what time of the year was this? October. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, they couldn't find anyone suspicious in the area, sadly. But the bunny man legend was solidified. <laughs> in the second incident, ten nights later, <laughs> you're like, there's more? But wait, there's more. Oh my god. The in bunny the... man. <laughs> he may not be a ghost from the past, but he's definitely there. <laughs> he's he's like, the bunny man is like the weird um, clown incident that happened like in 2016 oh my god randomly. don't talk about the clown but in the 70s was just a bunch of guys dressed up as bunny men <laughs> oh man but in the second incident 10 nights later a security guard accosted a man this time confirmed like this is actually in police records wearing a gray and white bunny costume on the porch of an unfinished home in the area when confronted the man proceeded to chop the porch's posts with a small axe while exclaiming, all you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust on your head. Wait, oh, oh, that was not, that was not the quote. Hold on. My mouth was, is I'm a gate. I'm going to bust you on the head. I'm about the bust. <laughs> I'm so or, sorry. Uh, hopefully we're all adults here. Oh my God. Well, it, I have the rating as explicit. So. Okay, that's fine. I'm so sorry that you guys had to hear that. I just, I cannot read tonight. The bunny man, Finna Bust. <laughs> whole different type of easter bunny now no <laughs> oh god this is disturbing so basically after that more than 50 reports trickled during the fall of 1970 of a strange man in a bunny costume though evidence was weak in these cases one report claimed the man feasted on a runaway cat in one encounter which perhaps bears the origins of the dead bunny twist, like the guy eating rabbits in the forest. But, um, so basically, the legend kind of evolved to that the bunny man was said to be responsible for the deaths of um, disobedient children, and specifically there was a part of the legend that it was like two disobedient children in the Clifton area that died, supposedly because of the bunny man. Others were rumored to have disappeared, and there was talk of animals found horribly mutilated. Damn. Um, this is, like, a bit of true crime into this. And um, I didn't look really too much further into the case, but um, when I was looking up stuff about this, this is, like, one of the cases that came up that was an actual thing. And it's not necessarily involved with the Bunny Man legend, but um, it was near the area, so... I'll just explain it, basically. So basically, um, I've been saying basically a lot. Drink every time you say basically. My water bottle's empty. <laughs> On April 18th, 2018, Fairfax County, Virginia. The body of a man found along a rural Fairfax County, and this is taken from an actual like news report. Um, the body of a man found along a rural Fairfax County road has been identified as Michael Cooker, 30, of Herndon. He was found along the um, 6500 block of Colchester Road in Fairfax Station by a nearby resident just before 7 a.m. Cooker's body was about 900 feet from um, what's known as the Bunny Man Bridge. 
so pretty close. The railroad, bri railroad bridge is part of an urban legend which draws hordes of teenagers to the rural area of Fairfax County every Halloween. The road was closed. My phone just keeps buzzing. You know, um, just to take a moment to roast you, I remember every time my phone buzzed in previous podcasts, me like crazy all of a sudden. you yelled at me I'm for sorry. it not I'm being on I'm just so silent. popular. I'm so popular. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's a popular place for people to go on Halloween. The road was closed for hours as crime scene detectives poured over the spot where the body was found along the two-lane winding road. Responding units noticed upper body trauma to their victims summoned rescued. Victims summoned rescued. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I just copy and pasted from the website. The news article. They, they, they don't even know how to write or speak English like me. It makes you me you, you just admitted the plagiarism. No, I didn't. It, I'm, this is a site. Okay. I'm citing. Okay. This news article. Okay. What's wrong with you? I trying to get you opened up with that. To try to try to get you uh, in trouble with the law. Call the police. So basically, that's what Sergeant Aaron Fife Fife said. Okay. Of the Fairfax County, Virginia Police Department. I'm not a plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> if I was drinking something, I would have done a spit take. <laughs> So, now you're going to say I'm plagiarizing again, but this is a cited source of The Bunny Man Unmasked, The Real Origins of an Urban Legend by Brian A. Conley, historian archivist, Fairfax County Public Library. Ooh, nice so, sight. Um, the guy that was almost that, on the lay. Yeah. No, it's not. But, um, so, this guy, Brian... We'll just call him Brian. Good old Brian. Brian. He is a librarian. Librarian. At the Fairfax County Public Library. And he likes to archive history. And a part of that is um, him being like, well, I wonder if any of these legends have any truth to them. So he decided to write a whole novel on his findings into the Fairfax um, anything relating to the Bunny Man case. So, here's um, a little excerpt of um, the intro, kind of summarizing what the book is about, because I'm sure you guys are going to, like, run as soon as you are done with this and go f and buy this off of Amazon. <laughs> the Bunny So, the careful work of Brian, combined with the <laughs> searching people... That was an insert into the quote careful work of Brian, combined with the searching capabilities of a computer database, allowed us to extract every murder and killing reported by the local press from 1872 through 1973. Even though Fairfax County was a rural... They keep using the word rural, and I cannot say rural. 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 Farming community, it, it kind of is sad because we live in a rural community wow. and I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> you know, she roasts me rural. for my pronunciations of a lot of things, but she can't even say rural. I can't speak English. I'm sorry. It's not my first language. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> even though Fairfax County was a rural farming community until well better. into, thank you, 
Well into the 20th century, there were over 550 individual mentions of killings in the study period, eliminating run-of-the-mill domestic murders and concentrate... Run-of-the-mill is in quotation marks, by the way. Don't want you to think that Brian's like a sociopath or something. (laughs) I think domestic murders are probably the most common. Yeah, they're run-of-the-mill. Concentrating on multiple murders and those involving children, both of which were mercifully rare served to pare down a list of more than 500 possible events to the following three. So, the first event that Brian wants us to know about is, on the morning of August 4, 1918, Eva Roy, age 14, left her home near Burke at around 9 a.m. to tend to her father's small herd of cows. When Eva failed to return home that evening, her father began a search. Neighbors were soon enlisted to help, but it was some 24 hours later that her body was found tied to a tree in the woods near the old Hans house, her apron strings tied around her throat. The county coroner, Dr. W.I. Robney, concluded that the girl had been brutally assaulted before being strangled to death. The case was not to be easily solved, however, as other suspects were soon identified and eventually eliminated. Did I not put the other two? (laughs) <laughs> I said the three. Oops. <laughs> the following three. I only put one. Sorry. Well, I guess Eva's the only one that matters. <laughs> oh, that's pretty terrible. So, Brian has to say about this is that who was the bunny man and what was he trying to accomplish? Sadly, we will likely never know his identity. Likewise, his true motivations are known only to himself. But these, wait, but there are a few clues contained in the foregoing sources. On October 18th, the bunny man accused Robert Bennett of trespassing. On October 29th, the bunny man told security guard Paul Phillips that you trespass around here. And on November 4th, the self-styled axe man accused the unnamed representative of Kings Park's West subdivision of dumping debris on his property. If we assume that all three incidents involve the same individual, then it appears that this young man was disturbed by the development of the area. Said development was extensive in 1972. Ooh, that's a pretty good read into that situation. I thought he was just like, he hates trespassing, but now it's definitely, development makes sense. The fact that his hometown's being fucked by... That it's not... It's not rural anymore. Things are changing rural. around here. Rural. I don't like it. As a sign chilling. It's like this goddamn gentr oh no, that's not the right word. Yeah, that's not. Uh, do you know what word rural. I'm talking about? Well, no. When like rich white people ruin this, an area. This became a lot more true crime than I intended it to be in during this thing, but I guess that's what I should have guessed, like looking up stuff. And like a lot of this um I don't want any of you to think that I'm disrespecting these people that have died because I just, I'm mostly nervous laughing because I don't know how to read. <laughs> so, I, I don't, should I have like said some sort of warning before that last one? Because nah, I, I think forgot how kind of brutal it sounded. You know, like, do you remember what I said on the very first episode? Hmm. Do you remember, do you remember what I covered on the very first episode? I don't want to repeat it, but uh, involved a, uh, an infant and a very long rope. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I said some pretty terrible things. I think you're fine if that's going to be the worst we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, warning. Were you... of true crime? Murder. Uh, violent murder. <laughs> um, Not your run-of-the-mill murder either, according to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are you done then? Oh yeah, that's that's it. The bunny man is actually just angry about property development. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's the definition of the old guy that says, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Throws Except a hatchet. <laughs> most of the time, those old men aren't dressed up as bunnies. That's true. That's just a weird part. Yeah. So, yeah I guess he just didn't want his identity to be known. You know, normal... He was throwing axes at people, so... That's fair. I, I wouldn't want my identity to be known if I was throwing axes at people. You know, the first thing I thought about when you said Bunny Man, I thought about Donnie Darko. You've seen that movie? No. Oh, uh, well, um, this guy has, like, these weird visions of a uh, gray bunny with, like, a skull mask, bunny skull mask on. Mm. It's weird. Donnie yeah, Darko's okay. weird. I don't know if I can recommend it. It's one of those films where it's interesting if you want interesting movies, but if you want good movies, I don't know. <laughs> So something I wanted to return to with the voodoo zombie is that normally when I cover like on these episodes, I normally try to talk about why I personally think culturally they may exist. Like what kind of purpose do they serve? Like in the Krasu, I said it was a way of controlling women. In the Wendigo, I talked about how it's a way of making sure people aren't um, cannibals or extremely uh, uh, selfish. And it's like that kind of thing where it's like it's normally like a lot of mythology and stuff is like about policing in some way or another and i for the life of me i can't explain why i think like like obviously the original zombie had a definite thing because it was a way of them spreading fear to other slaves about snitching without actually needing to kill people if i'm assuming they didn't actually do those things like the zombie mm. thing it's a way of like intimidation so that snitches uh don't have to snitch uh so it was a way of intimidating them. And it was like, um, and I guess that's it. But then it's like in modern times, I can't see any distinct like reason the zombies exist other than, you know, and plus, you know, I also want to bring up, this is the first time, the first episode we had, we talked about a creature that is explicitly um, still believed in by a whole culture. And I think that's interesting because like most folklore creatures I mean, are just I seen think, as folklore now. I think the Wendigo is still believed in in some cultures. It's, yeah, like maybe in some Native American like tribes that still are around. And I one hundred percent believe in the Kappa. <laughs> and but and it does have a cryptid following for those who like like follow cryptids and stuff. Um, but the voodoo zombie is like it's in law. Like they actually even the laws believe in it. I don't think you would find a any other kind of like not very many anyway. Yeah. Especially the ones I've talked about. Like I don't think Japan's going to recognize the. Uh, kappa is a real creature and you have to worry about your asshole soul your ass soul if you will um wait did you say asshole yeah goodbye <laughs> bye everyone hope See you enjoyed um hearing us talk about stuff mm -hmm. hopefully you learned something today i i know i i sure did John, did you learn something today? Before today, I thought the Bunny Man was just a creepypasta I read. Now I know it's based on an urban legend. That's based on... R a crazy man. <laughs> a mad lad. Yeah, well, 
I'll see you guys another time. Oh, yeah. Next time, I'm going to be covering a particularly horny creature. Don't know where, don't know when, but I know. You know, I think I'm going to do that from now on. Some sunny day. Stop with your Bill Cipher reference. It's an actual song. <laughs> I know it's an actual song, but I know why you're singing it. <laughs> so, but no, I think I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start teasing the next creature I'm doing. I don't know if you can because you normally decide by the week, but I, I have I, a list. I have a I list. I don't know. I kind of have a, something in mind. Mm. But no, the uh, next creature I'm doing is a particularly horny one. I think I'm going to do another anthropomorphic man creature. Man, you're just on a roll with these guys. <laughs> There's just so many. <laughs> There's so many half man, half other creature things. Like, think about it. Like, um, dog man. I've done him. Who else did I do? Otter men. I just did the bunny man. Um. So oh, I think I should approach how I've been desperately saying I'm going to do a african creature the last couple of times the main reason i did it this time around was because the creatures i have found like it seems like on western google i can't find shit like everything i find about like i find names and i find basic descriptions but i can't find anything else about them Someone i can't find out the history some links man because... yeah like if you find like some good like folk like obscure land folklore definitely feel free to share you can send it to our facebook page uh, I don't know if there's public posting a lot. Or John's on personal email. No, I'm just kidding. I'm oh, not gonna. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I just kidding. I do plan on maybe making a YouTube channel for this place. So by proxy, I'll be making an email for this uh, podcast. Oh yeah. So uh, oh, uh, guys, if... would you watch us on YouTube if we did that? Let us know down in the comments. Like and subscribe. Not original content. It would just be YouTube versions of the podcast where I would edit in stuff. Like and subscribe. Close to it. Oh yeah, like and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Uh, hit the hit the bell. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>